Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. I'm here. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Me too. Our podcast is brought to you by the new Barbasol Shave Club, featuring the premium Ultra 6 razor. Choose from three different subscriptions, frequencies, and you can cancel at any time. Grab the starter kit today and use discount code BROWNS to receive $2 off your initial order. Visit Barbasol.com to order today. That's B-R-W-N-S. Browns. You forgot the O. Get your discount. Did I misspell it? You, you, you misspelled <laughs> it. Wow. It's clearly too late. Maybe this idea of like recording after Hard Knocks is the worst <laughs> idea ever. That's I'm clearly about to fall asleep. Yeah. Oh. Just, just in case you were wondering, you spell Browns, B-R-O-W-N-S. Discount code Browns to get $2 off your initial order. But we didn't come here. The irony, <laughs> the irony is that I'm the best speller of the three of us, like, by far. Oh, oh, I'm, an awful, I'm an awful speller. I'm reading Browns right here. That's the only reason I spelled it correctly. <laughs> but the thing is, is, we didn't come here to talk about Barbasol. We came here to talk about Hard Knocks. We just watched the fresh new episode, and I have to say that it was very entertaining. I was not super excited going into it based on recent Browns news, but... I was very entertained. An hour of vicious entertainment for Mark. It's true. It's entertaining. I have a hard time knowing how much you can really take out of it and read into what's going on with the Browns based on what HBO chooses to reveal and which players they choose to highlight and which conversations amongst the coaches and the players that they choose to show. I mean, they're picking storylines that they mm-hmm. want you to see and it was there's no doubt it was really entertaining but i'm look, trying to like gain insight and i'm not sure what i can get insight from and what I, I should just sit back and eat my popcorn and enjoy i mean you can get investment advice from carl massive <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty great that was fantastic my favorite was his instagram if you spend two hours on instagram every day that's one month out of every year and one of the guys was like yeah so what's up? <laughs> like, like <laughs> what's, what, the problem? what's the problem with that? He's like, that is a month that you could be bettering yourself. <laughs> I just love. He was shocked by like the stupidity <laughs> of like. He's like, wait, what, what's what's the problem with that? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I really don't know how to respond because I figured my point was rather clear. <laughs> was absolutely made. My okay. So what you're saying, Michael, I I understand, and yeah. it is true. Like yeah. they're producing the show to they're highlighting certain people and painting a picture of them being a certain way and. That, that's what they're doing. They're producing it. But the thing about it is like the things that Hugh Jackson says and stuff like that and his interactions with people, it is their pure interactions and you're seeing behind the scenes. And so there could be more to the picture, but what you're seeing is exactly what is actually happening. And I think that's really entertaining. Um, oh, man. Like, his, like his, him and John Dorsey talking and he's like, I love you, man. And like wearing the same thing as John Dorsey at the at the press box, at the press conference. Press conference. Like I, I love that. Oh my god! Like I just think that's that's painting the picture that I already had of Hugh Jackson. Hugh, th- I feel like I have to withhold judgment of Hugh Jackson till like a future Hard Knocks episode, since this one was heavy with like personal news and the tragedy of him losing family members around training camp. I just feel bad. I would feel bad like railing on him the one thing about him though that did cause me some pause 
was the interaction that he had with the rest of the coaches in that coaches meeting where they were talking about players having days off. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just played the head coach card, mm-hmm. which is hilarious to me because he said, I used to be in the same seat as you too and think the same thing. And he's talking to Todd Haley and Greg Williams and uh, who were head coaches in the NFL, like have actually spent more time as head coaches in the NFL than he has. And Todd Haley, at least. And it's so probably not it's true just, anymore. How many seasons did Haley last in Hugh Kansas had, City? Because uh, this is Hugh's fourth year. Greg Williams was only head coach in Buffalo for like two years. Combined, they're more than Hugh Jackson, I guess. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, you're probably right. Um, but you're, I mean, understood. I mean, he's they, like they, talking down. To them and like it just it doesn't feel like they have a good like working relationship mm-hmm. where they're all on the same page they're driving in the same direction and it just does I don't feel like they're but I but see here's where I disagree with you because I think those are the meetings where you get on the same page to then drive in the same direction and now you're seeing behind the scenes like you don't want every single coach in your organization thinking about football in the exact same way. Cause then you're just going to get into this, like this mindset where you're just okay with where we are. The, the fact is Hugh Jackson was talking with the, the trainers and the trainers had just left the room and they've put together like a, a sports science, like training program to keep people on the field and the position coaches, I assume aren't involved heavily in those conversations or are being told that this is what's going to happen. Like, yep. I, I think that you're getting the behind the scenes view of how that sausage is made and it's not indicative of them not. <laughs> Where did that come from? That's I've like never heard how, that. How, saying. The, sausage is how made? the sausage is made. Yeah. You've that's... never heard that. No, I've never heard wow. that. Wow. No, that's just like, peek behind the curtain to actually yeah. see like what happens i mean i understood what it meant absolutely <laughs> but it's a hilarious saying how the sausage is made not as came- hilarious <laughs> as the fact that you'd never heard it until just now sure no i actually think it's more hilarious that i think about never having heard that saying and someone matthew just randomly we're talking about brown's football he's like you get to see how the sausage is made uh, Mark, Michael doesn't know how to spell Browns. And yeah, Mark, it's just getting off to a grand start so far. No, my retort to your statement about that is that I was reading body language more than I was reading the conversation that was happening, and I didn't feel confident that they were working together to go in the same direction like you're like you're saying. Like it felt like Hugh Jackson had a different opinion, was pushing it on the coaches, and they were like, oh, okay. I mean, like, they're sitting in that room, and they all have blank stares on their faces. Like, there was no engagement. But that's how how all of these always are. Like, if you've watched other seasons of Hard Knocks, like, the coaches' meetings, it's, like, blank stares. It's not this, like, engaging, like, exchange of ideas. And the players, their blank stares. Yeah, everybody's everybody's got a blank stare. It's like, just just like if you filmed me going through my everyday life, it would look monotonous as I'll get out. Okay, so maybe I'm less... the, The blank stares did bother me, okay? But when I've watched other seasons of Hard Knocks, I've felt good about the head coach, and it's clear that they're in charge and that they're respected and, like, it's their deal. 
and I didn't feel that from but Hugh Jackman. But isn't this just kind of confirmation bias? Because you're coming into this, let's just say not Hugh's biggest fan. There's a good chance. So I think, I think that was one of the more interesting parts, not because it was entertaining or necessarily informative, but because we came away from it thinking very differently. Yeah. About the experience. Well, you could cut the tension with the knife in the room. Like people's eyes were darting. You could you like it zoomed yeah, but in on couples' eyes. Who hasn't like, been in a meeting like that, like where they don't necessarily agree with the decision that's being made, and you, oh, you no. know, that's just kind of how it works. I certainly yeah, no, have but that's been. true. But I, I, do you think that that's the way it works for like the Patriots? Championship teams? Yes. With I was going to say that the Patriots maybe so, but. For, like, the Falcons, maybe, for instance. Do you think that's the way it works with Dan Quinn's team? Probably. I, I don't think so. I just don't think so. But with the Patriots, a little bit of a different flavor, because after Bill Belichick makes a decision, you're like, well, I don't agree with it, but guess what? He's Bill Belichick, and so I, yeah. he's probably right. But with Hugh Jackson, it's like he's Hugh Jackson, so he's probably wrong. Like, and, yeah, I, I got the same thing from Michael. I felt... Uh, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I do like seeing the way that Hugh Jackson interacts with the players. I do think that the players, and it's been said time and time over and over again that Hugh Jackson is a player's coach, which I really value in our head coach. I think he needs to be a player's coach, but not just a player's coach, obviously. Um, can I bring up another subject so we can stop talking about Hugh Jackson? Yeah. My favorite, I think my favorite part of the entire episode, there was a lot of highlights, a lot of highlights, but I mentioned this as it was happening. I want a GIF of GIF, GIF, what GIF, GIF of John Dorsey walking down the hallway in his sweatshirt, <laughs> shorts, and flip flops. The flip flops. It was yeah. absolutely my favorite part of the, of the entire episode. I'm, I'm positive that you'll be able to find that. We'll, we'll try to tweet it out tomorrow, um, but he had his arms out. Oh he was wearing the flip flops. What a goofy dude! Yeah. Oh my god. Exactly. John Dorsey is just this weird <laughs> person. I I don't I don't think I would like him. You don't? If I knew him. Oh, I do think I would like him. I think everybody seems to like like his quirkiness. He's straight to business, man. He doesn't think a second about what he's going to wear every day because he is a football general manager, and that's what he does. He doesn't think about what he's going to wear. He wears the same sweatshirt every day, same hat every day. He does one Same thing. Same flip-flops, apparently. Every day. I No, that was one of my favorite parts. But my favorite part was, we're talking about blank stares, was Jarvis Landry's speech to everyone in the meeting room when he just got up there and he just poured his heart out of the line, dropped about 65 F-bombs. That's and, putting it lightly. Yeah, maybe. And, and I just think it's so funny how like it got me fired up because obviously I'm a huge Browns fan and I love to see some fire in the room about trying to win and about trying to have a good attitude attacking practice every day. But literally everyone in the room was just like, <sighs> yeah. Like let no one even moved an inch. Everyone was just like, okay, all right. I guess that's how Jarvis feels. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's kind of, it's kind of awkward. Like, what are you supposed to do? Get up and be like, like start hollering too. Yeah. Like, basically every single time somebody got up and addressed the team or like their position group, I felt awkward. Like when Christian Kirksey got up, which they like latched onto that whole thing. Like, what is yeah. your why? Like that was like a huge thing that the producers like latched onto. But I was like, ooh, 
It is awkward. Does he? Oh, like I was like uncomfortable the whole but time. But the thing is, is it is awkward. But what you need is like Christian Kirksey should have stand up. I don't know what room that was. I don't know who all was in that room. But you have to have other people validating what he's saying and like validate that that is the mentality that they want to have and give him some of that so that everyone can see that. Because like you're not being a leader if you don't have any followers, right? And it seems like there was no one who was saying, yes, Jarvis Landry, I I think you're right, but, and I don't want to have a complacent Jarvis attitude. Jarvis was also like shitting on about- all of all of the guys. Like he was calling him out. He he wasn't saying like let's get hype, let's do this together. He was saying you're being little whiny babies. Like stop, stop it. Okay, like, and also let's think about who the wide receivers are that are in, in that, that room. room. It's Corey Coleman, <laughs> who's not gonna speak up and say a word. Yeah. Right. Fair. Antonio Callaway, who's, who's even less likely to speak who's up. Never and say said something. anything. He's just like a little mouse in the corner always. It's Damian Ratley, who's just hoping he makes the football team. It's Jeff Rashard Jan- Higgins, Jeff Janis, and Jeff Janis, like and a few other and nobodies. a few like undrafted free agents. Like that's who's in that room. There's not a single individual there that I would even remotely expect to. Step up and get fired up. Hey Jarvis, I would have, I would have validated you. I just want you to know, I would have stood up and agreed. Which makes me glad that there is somebody like Jarvis Landry for them to like actually latch onto and to have be a good example for those guys that aren't gonna be that and be that dedicated. Yeah, and then if everything that they pictured that they portrayed in Hard Knocks is actually how it went down, like if Jarvis Landry is actually just wowing everyone in camp and he's talking this way. Like, that gets people's attention. If you're producing, like, crazy on the field and you talk differently than everyone else, I just feel like that's going to have a little bit more of an effect than just talking a big talk. So I, for all, Michael, you aren't the biggest Jarvis Landry fan. You like Jarvis Landry, but you're yeah. worried that he is a one-trick pony, and I think he was in Miami. I just think he's getting paid too much. I like him. I think he's going to be a... Uh, valuable contributor to the Cleveland Browns of 2018. Yeah. He's just not I, the third best receiver in the league? He's I don't think he's quite that high anymore but he's top five I think still in money and that's definitely not what he's worth but it's okay. But with this added like value add of him being a leader on the team I think it makes it a little bit more palatable. Yeah. Which is great. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add from Hard Knocks? Matthew, standouts. I love. I mean, I love the the quarterback attitude. I love Tyrod's attitude. Tyrod seems to be in it, in it to to win. Like he's putting in the work, but also like getting everybody in line, figuring out how to how to do this. I mean, obviously, Baker's got like a just like a glow about him yeah he's just got this like charm um but then also um baker's like mark spirit animal oh my goodness i love the man <laughs> but then who, what's his name brogan 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 roback brogan roback no, that was one of my favorite parts everyone knows their role every yeah. all of the quarterbacks know oh, yeah. their role that's like the yeah. best way to describe it no and what i was th- what i was thinking true stan is just give brogan as much crap as possible yeah, yeah. No, and it's amazing. And I mean, this is like Brogan Roback's time to shine. Like this, he's got three episodes to like make yeah. his impact and maybe try to parlay this into something else. Yeah. Um, but also, 
they showed the clip of Mayfield when he was being surrounded by the press, and they they asked him about being a backup, and he said, "If I if I ever prepare to be a backup, like that's when I've like quit trying or whatever." I wonder, I wonder how like a guy like Drew Stanton takes that, because Drew Stanton knows that he's coming here to be a backup, and that's like very much what the and I I mean it's all different, but it's just funny to me to. Because that's very much what Man or uh, Mayfield's supposed to say. Yeah, but for sure. And Drew Stanton standing there, like, I mean, that's literally my job. You're belittling <laughs> yes. in front of everyone. I'm doing my thing. You're calling me a quitter. Yeah, no. But Brogan Roback just fluffing Stanton's pillow, getting all the trash. It's incredible. That oh. was fantastic. <laughs> I heard that um, Mayfield wouldn't let Hard Knocks into the RV whenever they asked to go in. So I wonder if Brogan went behind their back just to get his time in the limelight. Well, they got, they got in there. They got, they in, got there in there when the guy was the, showing them about, the... about the shitter. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That was his face <laughs> yeah. when he looked from behind it's the like, door. Dude, dude will not let the... <laughs> he just keeps talking go. about the crap. That's uh, hilarious. Um, the only other thing that I found quite amusing was Nick Chubb in the airport. Sitting there, and that guy asking him if he plays he play somewhere yes. on the yeah. on this on the phone. He goes, "Yeah, I'm Nick," and, and he's he goes, like, "Welcome." Oh. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh, welcome, welcome, Cleveland." And the other guy's like, "You play college ball?" He's like, "Yep, of course." Where at Georgia? That was the end of the conversation. <laughs> like, I just love it. He was just so bothered. But, I mean, I'm sure it happens to him all the time, constantly. Um, one other thing I wanted to say about... Also, what a stupid question. Like, first of all, did he ask that to just a random person, or did he know he was a Browns player? And because there's if video it's a, cameras there. Yeah, if it's a random person, then, like, why is that your first question? Did you play college ball? Like, if you know it's a Browns player, of course he played college football. Yeah. I wonder if he's Are just trying to figure out who he was. there any active NFL players that did not play college ball? Antonio Gates. The, actually, Darren Fels on our team didn't play college football. He, he played basketball, right? Yep. Yeah. And isn't... Yeah. But, but still, stupid question. Yeah. <laughs> Even with those examples. <laughs> One Dumb other thing question. that I wanted to ask you, Michael, is what did you think of Greg Williams during this episode? We had, we had plenty of airtime. Um... I know how whenever he showed up on screen, we were all watching it together, of course, and you were like, oh, great, here he comes. I mean, he's a personality. Oh, like, no doubt. He's a blast to watch, but what did you think about the way that he is a coach of the Cleveland Browns? Oh, I mean, he's not. A, he's been on Hard Knocks before, so I've seen him, um, and in all of his glory, I wasn't surprised by anything. I mean, I don't know if I have anything great or grand to say, but I, I just feel like he's larger than life and... I never know what to make out of Greg Williams because he he just like goes way the heck over the line and it, everything is like such a big deal and he's so it seems like so dramatic about all of it. It's just it's too much for me. I don't I don't know that I could like get into Greg Williams or like buy into Greg Williams in like a conference room. Greg Mil- like, Greg Williams is like when I close my eyes and I think about a football coach. It, Greg Williams just stare me in the when, face. When he's out me. when he's out on the football field, but then when he's like leading a team meeting, it's like all right, dude. Like Yeah, he's still that intense and like that like he's yelling all the time. Yeah, and yeah. it seems so contrived. Yeah. 
I don't want to be mean. When I first got here, I was mean. I don't want to be mean to y'all, but y'all are making me. me. Y'all are making me mean. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun to watch. That much is sure. But that is not the only thing that happened to the Browns this week. Um, Obviously, this Sunday night, Corey Coleman got traded for a 2020 seventh-round pick, our first-round pick a couple years ago. Um, It's not the only thing that happened on Sunday. It's not well. That happened Monday morning, my friend. No, Sunday morning. Was it was it, before. It was before. Yes, I thought it was Monday morning. No, it was two thirty nine a.m. Sunday morning. Oh gosh, that makes it even worse. This pisses me off. That's even this worse. this whole thing pisses me off. It's so Browns. And I, I'm gonna start it in the order of what what I found chronological out chronological order of no. what I found <laughs> out about what hit the newswire. The first piece being Corey Coleman. There's a lot of different ways you can look at it. I've heard a lot of different people that are Browns fans try to rationalize what's going on. The only rational reason you would get rid of Corey Coleman is that he's a piece of work. He is an absolute headache in the locker room, is really holding back the team in some other way because Corey Coleman, the football player and the talent and the investment, is absolutely worth keeping on our team. There's like zero doubt in my mind. With the question marks that we have at wide receiver, you have to have a guy with that talent on your team. We haven't even seen him play a full season. When he's been on the field, he has produced, and we're not going to even get a chance to see him. The one thing that keeps coming back in my mind is this time last year, what was everybody saying about Nelson Algalore? And then he had a killer season in the, I mean, he was a key contributor for the Eagles. Isn't it Aguilar? There's an L in there. But it's after the Aglahore. I just need to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> just stop. Michael is falling asleep before Hard Knocks, so give him a little bit of grace. This is a solid two hours after he's falling asleep on the couch. So, but seriously, what if Corey Coleman goes and like puts a whole healthy season together and it just crushes well, it for well, the Bills? It's not a hard thing to imagine. It's not hard to picture because he's done well, exactly like you said, and. He, he hasn't he's, had a chance. He's not going to because he, he went from the worst quarterback situation in the league last year to the current worst quarterback situation in yeah, the league. Yeah, that is a tragedy. But besides that, the point is is that we sold Corey Coleman at the absolute lowest we possibly could. All right, but that, there is not – you couldn't get anything less for Corey Coleman than what we got. That is literally the bare minimum. That's saying, like, please just get him off my and team. And that's why, that's why I think there's no explanation for it other than he is just a piece of work that didn't need to be on the team anymore. Because it, it can't have anything to do with Josh Gordon because yeah. why are you taking back a seventh, late seventh-round pick? It couldn't have anything to do with other players coming in. It has nothing to do with his salary. We have team control over him for, for longer this had everything to do with just having to move a player because it isn't a good fit, and we're going to be – it's addition by subtraction. That's the only way to explain it. And But I want to know why. <laughs> I want to understand that more, and I'm really curious. The good curious. news is Hard Knocks is filming. I'm really curious so. to see how much we see next week. That little tiny, like, half-second snippet we saw, he didn't look too happy in Hugh Jackson's office. And I was mentioning this to you, Matthew, before we got on the air. I'm curious to know whether that little little interaction where Corey Coleman was pissed at Hugh was a precursor to him being traded or if it was a part of the process of him being traded. 
Well, on another note, everything that we saw from Corey Coleman this week on Hard Knocks was him dropping two passes. Yeah, but everything we know about what's gone on in training camp is he had one bad day, and then he came out and was lighting it up for a couple days after that. So, like, that's... And if you're Hard Knocks, you're not going to invest time developing that character, knowing that yeah. he's getting shipped get out of traded. town and he's not going to be there for the rest of the rest of the time. Um, so this isn't happening in a vacuum. Approximately, uh, what, like 15 hours earlier before we found out that Corey Goldman was traded? <sighs> our boy. He is our boy. He absolutely Dane is our Brugler. boy. It feels so vindicated today. Did you see his tweet? Yeah. What did he say? Well, you remember from his draft yeah, guide. Yeah, no, no, I remember. So he just he just tweeted out that snippet from his draft guide. That was It's not a matter of if he fails a fails drug a test, test, it's, it's when. when. Yeah. Well, he Which, didn't fail a drug to test. To be fair, didn't fail a drug test. Which, yeah, if he doesn't fail a drug test, that's actually going to be his vindication Yeah. to this little story that it wasn't his drugs it was you know in his car somebody else brought it up whatever is that was that a story or are you just assuming that no that that's was a Mary case says? that's been reported all over the place that his car just came up from florida and he said it wasn't his drugs he didn't know it was in his car i mean the police asked if the, he could search his car and he was like yeah sure so i mean i Man, guess that what could kind of be what true, kind of life do you lead where it's like oh it happens to be drugs that somebody else left in my car. You know, you know how it be. <laughs> <laughs> Just, but he was also <laughs> driving on a suspended license, which isn't a good look. Not a good look. The qu- the best <laughs> question I heard posed on Twitter was, "Why in the world are you driving yourself? Just, just don't." Yeah, Uber. Just don't. Yeah, just reasonable. Uber. Yes. Like absolutely, even, even in this day and age, like it's not like you have to hire a private driver. Just Uber. Goodness gracious! Oh my gosh! But what, it's what one kind of, the of things... car does Antonio Callaway have that he's had and just had set up to him? Also, this is another good question. I have no idea. I, I don't even came have a... from the car that the Gator Booster bought for him, yeah, probably, or one that he bought on that credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Go Gators! Um, <laughs> But, but this is just the thing that frustrates me so bad about the Corey Coleman trade because we couldn't have a less stable wide receiver. Right? Maybe, what if it couldn't be any worse. What if it was worse. Corey Coleman's weed? That's why they <laughs> traded him immediately. How dare you put him in jeopardy? No, but I really do think that the rub-off of Corey Coleman on some of the other players like very well could be the reason. That to get he's rid of him, getting shipped off. Yeah, I'm just trying to picture how bad it could be. Yeah, that's like, what I, but I want to know the specifics. There's, I, I there's think it nothing. Could get produ- I mean, I've never seen Corey Coleman be be bad because in the media he seems like a, a nice enough dude. Who's well, there was that report from but... training camp that they offered him a veteran day off, and he said that he wouldn't take it because it came the day after Jarvis Landry had that hyped everyone ramp. up. It's yeah, like, probably. Uh, unless you're like hamstrings ripping off from your bone. Like probably, you, yeah. sure. But still, nevertheless, that type of person can't be that bad. If you're that bad, then you take that day off. Yeah, and you, you can. That type of person can't be that bad. But the person that decides to come back in, like that is not the picture of someone that's a first-round pick that has a lot of value to our team. If we just keep him around and then we trade him once we're not selling at his absolute lowest bottom. No, but it, like, but it's not just about like he clearly atti- cares a little it's bit. It's not just about caring and about football attitude. It's about like 
how you interact with your teammates. It's about like if you're an asshole who's just like tearing apart the locker room. But that's absolutely all conjecture. I'm just talking about like the the, the right, there, there's a but, chance. But this is all conjecture. Well, yeah. not what I said about him actually refusing his day off and going to training camp. Right, but the reason he was traded is clearly an unknown to the public at this point. Like, we don't know what the reasons are. What we're saying is, like, we would like to know the full story because it's clearly bad. And because what we do know, Mark, to your point, is not really that bad. And Ben Albright had, like, a little podcast. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he was talking about how Corey Coleman spends his free time. And apparently he throws lots of money around to Ladies of the Night and it is uh, commonly known, like he is like hookers, or are you talking about strippers? I I will leave my comment at what it was because <laughs> I did not hear the exact pieces. I just saw snippets of it on Twitter. Interesting. Well, I mean, Corey Coleman hasn't. I mean, there was the thing with that he went fight. to a Christian university. He went to Baylor. <laughs> oh yeah. So did Josh Gordon. <laughs> so did. A lot of people. Um, there's that thing with a fight where his brother and like his cousin got indicted. Oh uh, yeah, because somebody got beat up and left on Corey Coleman's like doorstep, and that the guy who got beat up in that case claims that Corey Coleman was the one who who led the whole thing, and he just somehow it's not the story that that took hold. Um, and he didn't face charges, but and then there's there's always been these talks that Corey Coleman was going to get traded, like even earlier in the off season. Oh no, that's true. There there was talks about this, and I think that has to come from somewhere. That there's been these oh, these were... issues that have made us want to send him out of town, and it has nothing to do with his performance, like on the football field for the first five days of training camp. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that that has to be what it is i mean i'm just with my as a browns fan seeing how just bad thing after bad thing happens i'm painting a picture where jarvis landry gets hurt and josh gordon doesn't get to come back and rashard higgins is all of a sudden our number one wide receiver because antonio callaway suspended <laughs> literally it's not hard be, like that is like higgins. such a that's literally just... It's not a difficult... Higgins that's reality. only two new things that happens. It'd be Higgins... Two of them have already Higgins, happened. Higgins, Ratley, and Janice. Just rolling out there. I mean, this could that's, so quickly be a complete it could just go disaster. The, it could just go in the tank. The only silver lining to all of this is we have other receiving options outside of the receiver room. When you think about David Njoku, when you think about Duke Johnson, like... That helps round out even the DeVal, offensive picture yeah, could, a little bit. Yeah. You know, even in that like nightmare scenario, there are some people to catch the ball that are gonna that defenses are gonna have to account for. Yeah, that's true. And we and um, Evan Barry. <laughs> oh, there we go. Saw the back of his jersey a couple times yeah, on hard night. I did. <laughs> so we actually have a preseason game coming up: Browns Giants. Um, and the depth chart got released. Um, just the other day, anything that stands out to you, Matthew? Yeah, Boom. I, th- I think um, the fact that Antonio Callaway is already listed as a starter. Obviously, if um, if and when Gordon comes back, he'll he'll take that spot. But mm-hmm. 
for Callaway to have moved up the depth chart. I think that's probably the thing I was most disappointed in in Hard Knocks is we didn't see Callaway, mm. not not like personal interviews because he's kind of a, a, a dud of a Interview. of a personality, but didn't see him on the field, didn't see coaches talking about him, didn't see mm-hmm. like kind of that like um, back of house like analysis of his rise up the depth chart. Um, but so that's on offense. On defense, Terrence Mitchell's listed as our starting corner opposite He's been Denzel getting Ward. All the reps for the last like three, four days in practice. Who would have suspected that coming in? No, definitely not. Me. He was kind of the forgotten free agent that I mean, I forget yeah. what the numbers on the deal are, but they're not big. Of it's like the, a three year deal for like eleven million dollars or something like that. It's pretty small. Yeah. I was definitely thinking it would be EJ or TJ. EJ or TJ. I like to say that. That's why I did. Or um, MJ. Or, yeah, there we go. I mean, TJ Carey <laughs> got the first crack at it, and then yeah. Terrence Mitchell basically beat him out for the spot. Which is great. currently holding it down. Yeah. No, I'm all for that. That's, that's exactly how it should go. What, from a couple of the, listen to a few podcasts of people that have been actually at camp. They just say that Terrence Mitchell looks like such a better athlete than EJ Gaines and that EJ, no, TJ Carey, sorry. And that TJ Carey seems like he's destined for the slot Hmm. position. And that's really what he's played for most of his career. Is TJ Carey good? Like, can, can we, I mean, I know it's only been a week of training camp. I think he was kind of one of these that guys question? that was a little bit of a flash in the pan last year. Like he, had, I think he had been fine, and then was, had a good year last year. Put up some good statistics. One of the things that stands out to me that you pointed out, Matthew, is that Bobby Calhoun is playing backup safety behind Demarius Randall. And while I, on paper, like that idea of Bobby Calhoun playing safety with his skill set, he's such a great tackler. He's so aggressive. I don't like the idea of Body Calhoun not being on the field. Yeah, I don't understand why he's not getting a look as at that. the other outside corner. Um, and if he's not going to be an outside corner, I think he I think very he well could. He very well could be the nickel and beat out T.J. Carey for that that spot. And so I, it, it, to your point, I completely agree. There's no reason to keep him off the field. No, like he's, he's got to be one of our top three. But we t- they talked about playing playing three safeties. But then what are you going to do? Take linebackers off the field? I mean, our linebackers are stronger than. I mean, but but we play nickel like most of the time anyway. So if you play three safeties, you're obviously in the two linebacker set, and you only have two corners on the field. And when you've got guys like Demarius Randall and Body Calhoun, and even Jabril. Su- play su- corner. Suddenly, all of those guys have experience and ability covering people. You can do a lot. Yeah, it's kind of kind of mixing and, and matching that versus just kind of being in a more traditional set and having three corners. You know how Greg likes that versatility. It's true, but it's like I'm going to be so interested to see what types of lineups he throws out there. Yeah, because it's where are you borrowing from like to me right now our depth is the most lacking up front like linebackers we have a crazy amount of depth for the first time (laughs) that i could ever remember and then we've just got all of these guys yeah but we're not gonna play four linebackers right hardly ever if at if at all no i don't think so 
But are you going to go down to two? I don't know if going down to two is going to make the most sense. In passing situations, I'm, I'm like, that's just what the league has gone to most yeah. of the time. So, I mean, I'm, I don't want to be the only team that's not playing nickel most of the time and trying to trot out there and have our linebackers cover, cover slot receivers and tight ends in the seam and stuff. Um, that's not a good matchup. I'm going to reserve my judgment on Body Calhoun switching to safety until I see mm-hmm. how how he's used. Because uh, the fact is, if he needs to play corner, he can he can go do that tomorrow. Like he played corner in this defense all last year. Well, he's great. been in the league. Is this his fourth year now? Third no, year. This is his third year. Um, he's played corner. Like he's going to be able to do that. Yep. So might as well try him out in a new spot and see what he can do, and maybe bring value to our team somewhere else. So in the upcoming preseason game, um, what are you guys most looking forward to? Personally, I'm most looking forward to watching Joel Batonio play left tackle. I want to see how he handles that position, if he can get back as fast as I hope he can. Because if he can just get back, there's no problem once he gets his hands on someone, if he just doesn't let him around him. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Because if that's locked up, then I feel really good going into the season. Um the position that our offensive line is, because I really believe Corbett can play that left guard spot. I I haven't heard anything about Austin Corbett to that point. Like I don't have any reason to believe that he's not going to be able to hold down that spot based on like his yeah. pedigree and what everybody says about him. But I honestly haven't heard anything positively or negatively about him in camp. Well, Bob Bob Wiley had the had the rip about Helen Keller when <laughs> when he was that to Corbett. Yeah, yeah. it was. Dad thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, um, there's there's things that I'm interested in. Seeing. I mean, just even depth chart wise, still that our starting D tackles are Trevin Coley and Jamie Meter, um, and Ogunjobi isn't listed as Coley's a starter. hurt. Coley's the other one that's hurt that we were but that it, I missed. He's out like okay. four to eight weeks, but he's still listed as a starter. Is that new? Yeah, he got hurt earlier this week, okay. and Ogan Joby's been running with the one. So Ogan Joby's mm-hmm. playing the three technique, and next to meter, next to meter in the one tech. Man, we don't have any D tackle depth. We have none. It's terrible. Jeez. I mean, Ogan Joby gets hurt, we are like really in trouble. We're up a creek. Um, mm-hmm. No, I think I'm. I'm excited to see. I want to see Antonio Callaway. He's probably not going to play, right? Well, well there's a hearing, chance he plays. His hearings on Thursday morning. So I don't know how you handle that. Are one. we playing at home? I think it's in New York. Well, if it's in New York, then he's probably not going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, it's in unless New York. he doesn't have to appear personally. He may. Yeah. He's probably not going to play. Nope. Man, our wide receivers are going to suck. So we're going to be cruising yeah, like, with Jarvis alone. Yeah. And like, Jarvis and really probably isn't going to play that much. It'd be dumb for them to play him at this point. We're going to roll out there with Rashard Higgins. Like, you know what you got with Jarvis Landry. Why would you play this? That's so frustrating. We're not going to see any of our receivers. Nope. Nope. That is is the thing during this preseason, during this offseason that we have talked about the most on the podcast, is the weapons weapons in our receiving core, and we still are not even going to get to see a glimpse of it. I'm I'm excited to watch Nick Chubb, because I think he'll probably get a bunch of carries. He will. Obviously, Uh, Baker. I will. Yeah, I, I two, don't. Two quarters of Baker is what what they said, which is awesome. Which is exactly what he needs. It's perfect. Is, is Drew Stanton going to get any reps? What's sure. the point in even giving Drew Stanton reps? 
Because if you don't give it to him, they're going to broken Because when, so when you trade Tyrod Taylor later on in the season and then Baker Mayfield goes out for a snap, Drew Stanton has to come in and play. I mean, I, yes, he will. Because there's no way Brogan Roback's making the team. Brogan. So. What a bro name. Brogan. Uh, That's incredible. Um, I had something that I was looking forward to, but I'm too tired. I can't remember it. Mm. Mm. So if they don't have their stripes, do they play the preseason game without the stripe on their helmet? I think so, Legitimate right? Legitimate question. I guess what if, they what said, if, he said you don't get your stripe. In Hard Knocks, he said you don't get your stripe until you make the 53-man roster. But are they playing a game like in I, the jersey so, without the stripe on the helmet? So I does, hope so. So does Baker like go ahead and just get his stripe? Because <laughs> he's going to make the team, right? They just what keep, if, give what out if, ceremonial stripes yeah, to the guys that What about like Joel Batonio? He's definitely on the 53. So just go ahead and give him his stripe and let him go out there. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy into the like that. There's a lot of hokey stuff crap. that came up, like some of the sayings and stuff, like these, on that banner, like written on the outside the practice facility. All these teams like, are so hokey, like they're just like scraping the bottom of the barrel for inspirational crap. It kills. They're me. just anything that they can get, but I mean, you gotta do something. You know, like you can't just do nothing and hope that something changes. Like if if you aim at nothing, you're gonna hit it, no. right? So they they have to at least yeah. try. And granted, it's it it falls flat most of the time because these are grown men that aren't being motivated by a stripe on their helmet. But they also can like smell bullshit. The funniest part to me, I forgot about this, was um, it was early in the episode when he was addressing the whole team, and he got he was like talking about we gotta work, we gotta, and he goes. You know I'm gonna take care of you. Like you just have to do what I say, and we're gonna be good, or like something <laughs> like that. And it's like you've won one game. Like how, how do we know that? I'm not entirely sure how they can know. Didn't get to see any D or Jimmy in Hard Knocks. I wonder if they're gonna show their faces. It's a good point. At any of the meetings, I think D's just or Jimmy's trying to just hide out from the feds. He's in the bunker. <laughs> <laughs> Locked down in Bira. Or Berea. 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 Bira. Bira. Well, Freudian slip there, Matthew. Yeah. I need a Bira. <laughs> Give me a Bira. That's hilarious. Need a pillow. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll wrap this up. You guys aren't even having fun listening to this anymore. Um, thanks so much for listening. And we will release another podcast next week. They're coming at you once a week from this point forward. Finally, content, baby. Content. Something we can work with. Yeah. Feels good. You know, our wide receivers are getting cited with possession of marijuana. All kinds of exciting things happen. Hey, it, it just feels like a brown season. Lots of conversation. Season. It just feels like a brown season. It doesn't feel like all news is good news right now, but for the podcast, it is. Um, be sure to join the Barbasol Shave Club and use discount code BROWNS to get your $2 off your initial order. Visit Barbasol.com today. I will say that we also get money when you do that. So it's important that you do that for us to get money. So if you could just do that for us, if you like the podcast, that'd be huge. Or you could leave a comment. And they're good razors. Like, I use this thing. It's a freaking awesome, hefty blade. Six blades plus a little trimming blade on the back for getting those little tricky spots like by the nose and yeah, it does. The neck. It's, yeah, yeah. If you it's got a, a razor. if you got a funky face like Michael's, you need a tiny blade to get in there. 
Um, so make sure you do that. Also, send us an email. Um, we'd love to hear what you guys think. Sinofourfathers at gmail.com. Tweet at us at Sinofourfathers. Thanks so much for listening. Everybody in Tokyo, you're the best. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.